And I had one of those moments where I was reading this psalm and I thought to myself, man, all of David's psalms are original. Mm -hmm. He never had a ghostwriter. <laughs> he never had somebody come up with his ideas and it put it together for himself. No, he wrote every single song. Mm. That was all his heart. Wow. You know, last night we got together at the prince's house. Aren't you guys so grateful for the princess? Yeah. I mean, I'm so thankful that James Prince said Jesus is Lord. I mean, that chicken last night. Oh, I mean, just. But had made me a special little Tupperware and I brought it home. You know, the brothers ain't going to have any of that. That's all mine right there. But I'm so grateful for them. And while we were at their house, Tyler and Sarah were there. And Tyler and I go way back. He, I was baptized February 2nd. He was baptized March 9th, way in 2014. And we were roommates at a time. I was in his wedding. It was an incredible time. I was there. Amen. And it was a blast last night, and in the middle of our, our little game, we decided to have a little jam session, or, well, Tyler decided to have a little jam session, and he pulled out his guitar, and he plays these original songs. And in the middle of the originals, we kind of was like, James is, uh, is kind of like grab his, his uh, whatever you call that harmonica. thing. Harmonica. Harmonica. Hey, man, I didn't grow up with those things. And then a harmonica, and they kind of harmonize together. And eventually, Tyler gets to this one song that he dedicated to Sarah before they were even together. And it was all about candy. And all of us there were just so moved. So encouraged by his creativity yeah. and the fact that it was so original. Yeah. You know, and I had a thought, man, what would happen if I wrote a song? It wouldn't be the worst, but it wouldn't be the best. <laughs> it would definitely be off key. <laughs> I definitely wouldn't play a guitar. <laughs> But I know something, it would be original. Yeah. Why? Because you don't want somebody else to write your songs. Do you? No. You want a ghostwriter? No. Do you want somebody to live out your purpose? No. Do you want somebody to live the life you could have lived, but you refuse to repent to? Do you want somebody to fill your shoes when you're fully capable of filling your own? Come on, bro. I don't. I want to be a man of God. Are you guys with me here? I want to serve God. I want to walk with God. And I know that's how you move God. Are you guys with me here? You know, everybody can write a song to God. It doesn't matter how you look. It doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter your background. Anybody can write a song to God. It's all about being real, being sincere. And connecting to God, your creator. Yes. God made you, and he's given you the opportunity to make other people Christians. Isn't that awesome? Yes. God himself believes in you and trusted you with creativity, with willpower, with individuality, to be collective as a family of God. Amen? Yes. This is amazing. What's awesome really amazing is that God already knows you need him. God knows your emotions. He knows what's in your heart. He knows what's in your mind. These Psalms aren't really for God. These Psalms are for you. 
Yeah. It's for you to connect to him. Mm -hmm. He's already connected. He knew who you were going to be before you were thought. Mm -hmm. God knows you. Are you, though, the one connecting the dots? Come on, bro. Are awesome. you the one going, plugging in to God's true mm -hmm. power this right. morning? Come on. You know, I had a real question. What made David so immensely connected to God's heart? You ever thought about that? David is recorded many times in the Bible as a man after God's own heart. What made him so special? Well, in the Holman Christian Standard Bible, this verse reads in verse 3 that Jesus, or God, renews my life. He leads me along the right path for his name's sake. I personally believe that David was so much so after God's own heart because he was connected to righteousness. Mm. He valued what God valued. Yes. He wasn't consumed with the ways of the world. His own lifestyle, his own family, his own job. He was consumed with righteousness. That's Does that great. describe your walk with God? Come on, good question. This isn't about making you feel good. This is about making you feel God. You guys with me here? Oh, wow. I want to inspire you Come on, Danny. to write a song. All right. Write a song to God. Connect to your emotions. People laugh at me because I'm not very emotional. <laughs> Lindsay laughs at me. <laughs> the Jacksons laugh at me. <laughs> they have to pull out the emotional wheel uh -huh. that chart. Yeah. And it's like, bro, how do you feel right now, bro? Uh, and I'm looking at the wheel. But it's a lesson that I humbly accept. I'm not very connected to my emotions. But it's a good problem. Because I'm going to go after being connected to my emotions. I went to my prayer spot every day this week. Did Come you? On, Come on, bro. I fasted in my relationship with God. Did you? Come on, bro. I want to grow. I want to be connected with God. Does that describe your heart? Turn to Philippians chapter 4. Amen. We're going to be reading the Bible this morning. Okay. Oh, good. Can someone come and fix this mic? I don't need it. In Philippians chapter 4, Paul writes, to the church in Philippi. Thank you, bro. And in his writings, he says in verse 4, Rejoice in the Lord always. Mm -hmm. I will say it again. <coughs> Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Mm. The Lord is near. Mm. Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer, and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus and the church set. This is revolutionary. The key to peace at a heart level is prayer. Yes. There's no other way. <laughs> You're not going to find this through meditation, through yoga, through Buddhism, through Hinduism. You're going to find this through praying to God. That's the only way. And when we pray, we can really find peace. The Bible says you can be joyful 
all the time. Yeah. All the time. Through any situation, through any trial, in every moment, just because you have peace from prayer. Absolutely. I want to convince you this morning to go after praying to God. Amen. If you're not peace right now, if you're not at peace, it's a quick solution. Yeah. Go and pray with God. Amen? Amen. Point number two. Those who walk with God, obey God. Come on. Come on, Danny. Those who walk with God, obey God. As it says in Psalm 23, verse 3, it says, He leads me along the right path. Mm-hmm. That means that David believed that God was the one leading him. Yep. Nobody else. He didn't think it was him. He didn't think he was the one calling the shots. We, as men, sometimes we feel like, man, I'm the man. I'm the man who's got the grill. I got the grill. <laughs> who's going to do these dishes? I'll do the dishes. All right. Right? Right, brothers? <laughs> who's going to fix the car? I'm going to fix the car. Yeah. <laughs> who's going to handle this situation? I'm going to handle the situation. I got this one, babe. That's what we are as men. We take the lead. But David was a little different. He wasn't saying I. He was saying you guys. God, you're the one directing me. You're the one guiding me. You're the one leading me. You're the one in my life. You're showing me the way. I'm just walking in it. God, you are amazing. (coughs) This wasn't David being led by his emotions. This wasn't David being led by him. This was David walking with God. Well, the question is, how do you walk with God, right? It's very simple. James 1.22. Do not merely listen to the word. Just do what it says. That's what it all comes down to. You don't read the Bible and just say, oh, my gosh, that was really cool. (laughs) That touched my heart. David, you... You just love God so much. Wow. (sighs) Then you go about your day. The Bible says that you are deceived. You're deceived because you think you can read the Bible and not obey it. (laughs) You think you can read this book and just feel good. The Bible's not made to make you feel good. Show me a verse that says feel good. It's not there. Rather, God wants you to feel himself. Yes. Do you feel God this morning? Come on. In Acts chapter 14. Come on, bro. Come on, Turn there. All right. Awesome, Danny. In Acts chapter 14. Paul is on a mission trip. He's preaching the good news, as he always did. Amen. Mm-hmm. And as Paul is preaching the good news, he returns to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch. And the Bible just highlights just one statement that he was sharing to all these churches. Notice it right here in verse 22. Strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith, we must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God, they said. This is deep. 
what is intense about this passage is Paul is actually encouraging the disciples that you will go through hardships. But not just some. He implies the word many. This was encouraging to the disciples. This was strengthening of their faith. Why? Because you're never promised a feel-good life. You're never promised that. You don't start feeling good until you get to heaven. Amen? And we long for that day. But while we're on earth, we're going to face trials of many trials of many kinds, and we've got to consider them all pure joy. What's amazing is when you're in these hardships, it actually makes you tougher. The Bible teaches that suffering is what produces that perseverance. And that perseverance is what produces that character. That character is what actually gives you hope that you're going to make it through this. Come on, bro. You need challenges. Yep. You need trials. Mm. You need hardships to make you the man or woman you need to be for God. If you're a disciple that has been faithful for over or for one year, raise your hand. Keep your hand raised if you've been faithful for two years. Keep your hand raised if you've been faithful for five years. Keep your hand raised now if you've been faithful for 10. Come on, Joel. 15. 20. 25. 30. 35. 40. brothers and sisters like Deanne and Lori who have persevered 30 years 25 years Mm. in the faith you young Christians have no idea what that's like yesterday Tyler and I got together and we got together in the morning and it was a time where I was going to break my fast and we were going to pray together and spend some time together and catch up Tyler and I hadn't been in the same church in two and a half years. So we had two and a half years of life to catch up on. And in that time, we we shared the hardships we went through. And I was moved by his challenges, by the hardships of being him and his wife, the only true disciples there in New Hampshire for months. Everyone he knew had fallen away, had walked away, mm. and it was just them. And they persevered. Mm-hmm. They stood faithful. They endured the test. Yeah. And then he asked me, bro, how was, how was your last two and a half years went? I was like, bro, you remember right before I left Boston, my aunt had died. My stepmom was committing suicide. My two of my sisters had gotten arrested. Uh, I had broken up with a girlfriend at that time. Joel comes to me out of the blue, asks me to move to Seattle. And I'm just like, dang. And I, I realized that God was calling me to greatness to move to Seattle. Oh, then 
He said, well, okay, that's what happened there. What happened the next two and a half years? Well, bro, man, I wasn't fruitful. I was struggling in my, in, in my lack of training, my, my lack of spirituality, and, and just went on and on and on. And then I talked about when John Causey came and how he taught us to move God, to move the ministry, and to focus in our relationship with God. And man, I, I, I shared about everything that happened this year and just the challenges I went through and how it just hurt my heart so much. <laughs> It was, it was such a real time. And I realized that, man, you young Christians have no idea. Tyler and I have barely been Christians for five years. And we went through all kinds of hardships. Amen. All kinds of trials. Some of you guys don't even know what a trial is like. And I want to inspire you. And I want to teach you that this is not a social club. Mm -hmm. We're not just friends. Yeah. We're not here as a community. We're not here playing games. We're not playing church. Yeah. We're making disciples. Yeah. We're evangelizing this state. Yeah. We're evangelizing the whole Northwest. Yeah. We're really family. Yeah. And what that means is when challenges come, we're there for each other. Yeah. Why? Because we love the way Christ loved us. Yeah. He laid his life down so we could do the same as Christians. Yeah. That's how the world will know that we're disciples. Yeah. We persevere through trials. Why? Because we're tough? No, because God's tough. Because yeah. you rely on God's strength, yeah. not your own. Yeah. This is family matters that we got to deal with. Turn yeah. your Bible to Romans chapter 8. In Romans chapter 8. Paul had a message to the church in Rome. They had a lot of issues in the church. Doctrinally, faith-wise, insecurities, pride, salvation-wise. And he corrects the church. And he talks specifically about how to stay faithful right here. And in Romans chapter 8, notice how he makes it so clear. How we can stay faithful in verse 31. What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will we not him graciously, graciously give us all things? Mm -hmm. Who all? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen. It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? Christ Jesus who died. And more than that, who was raised to life is at the right hand of God and is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble? Shall hardship? Shall persecution? Shall famine? Shall nakedness, shall danger, or a sword separate you from God? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We were considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No! In all these things, we are more than conquerors. Yep. Through him who loved us. 
For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither the present, nor the future, nor any powers, neither height, nor death, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord, and the church said. Amen. Do you believe this? Some of you are sold just in yourself. Be real with yourself. Do you believe this? This is the Bible. Will persecution keep you from staying faithful? Not me. I don't care. Jesus is Lord. I don't care if it's a hardship. Jesus is Lord. I don't care if it's a trial. Jesus is Lord. You know what's real? Anyone who says that, we're going to find out at Judgment Day who really was Lord. And I'm telling you, I'm going to do everything in my power and everything in my power to plug into God's. Amen. So I can walk with God. Is that your faith? Yeah. Is that your conviction? We will see. But show it. Prove it. Get there. Amen. Amen. We need to get desperate for God. Yeah. We need him. You can't do this on your own. The yeah. world is lonely and dying yes. everywhere around us. This is our refuge. This is where we can go and have a home and raise our children to grow up to be disciples and not be lost like the rest of the world is. Yeah. This is our family. You gotta believe it, mm-hmm. and you gotta understand it, and we gotta fight for it. Come on, bro. It's not just handed to you. That's you right. gotta go and get it. Yeah. You guys with me here? Yes. When you walk with God, you inspire others to do the same. Mm, yeah. I'm so proud of James Prince. Come on, James. Come on, James. So proud of James Prince. James is constantly figuring out ways to get people over at his house on Tuesdays just so they can hear us share our lives and inspire them. Yeah. One of those guys who came is a man who's here today. His name is Abel. Come on, Abel. Come on, Abel. And while we were together, you just see James just pouring hard into people. He just, isn't he so inspiring? Yeah. Why? Because he's inspired. And when yeah. you're inspired, you're going to inspire others. Absolutely. It's just how it works. Yes. I want to inspire you. You got 24 hours <laughs> to do this challenge. Okay? okay. 24 hours. The challenge is simple. Get into a Bible study okay. and inspire somebody to walk with God. Awesome. 24 hours. All right. That could be after church. That means tomorrow. Make it happen. Tomorrow at noon. You guys with me here? Yeah. Get into a Bible study. Point number three. Come on, bro. Those who move God glorify God. This is why we do what we do. In Psalm 23, the Bible says, He renews my life, He leads me along the right path. For his name's sake. The emphasis is for his name's sake. Psalm 23, verse 3, Holman Christian Standard Bible. This is not because of you. This is not because of what you've done. This is not because of what you're capable of. This is not for you. This is all for God. This is God's glory. This is God's honor. 
This is God's victory. This is God's testimony. You are at least, at best, an instrument. In Acts chapter 9, Paul calls, is called by Jesus an instrument. He says, go, this man is my chosen instrument. And he goes on to say, to carry my name to the Gentiles, Acts 9.15. What that means is, you're an instrument of God at best. I just hope you're in tune. I know I could be out of tune, so I'm being real. I hope you're in tune. You're ready to be used. You have genuine and deep and real quiet times. You're not checking boxes. You're not doing it because your disciple is going to ask you about it. You're not doing it because you know you got to. You're doing it because you want to. You love God. You crave God. You're desperate for God. You know that you need him. Come on. You want to stay connected. Yeah. Turn your Bibles to Luke. In Luke chapter 11. Let's get in tune, right, church? In Luke chapter 11. Jesus was praying in a certain place. Literally is what it says. In verse 1. You have a certain place. A a certain place to pray. Where you go. I know Joshua does. I know Rich does. This week we went and had our D times at their prayer spots. That was so encouraging. Wasn't it, brothers? It was so bonding. Because we spent our time together with God together. It's this amazing view. I'm not going to spoil where it is. And man, get your own. Amen. <laughs> get your own spot. Don't take mine. But this is real. Jesus had a certain spot where he prayed. Let's read verse two. Uh, in verse one, when he finished, one of his disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. Jesus said to them, when you pray, say, Father, Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our, day our, great, our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us and lead us not into temptation. This is incredible. Jesus, I mean, just had an amazing prayer. One of the disciples, he doesn't even get named right here. One of the disciples just comes up. He's like, hey, uh, Jesus, you teach us to and Jesus wasn't like, nah, you figure it out. <laughs> right? Is that what he said? No. He actually wanted them to have a deep relationship with God just like he did. Mm-hmm. That's our Lord and Savior. Yep. He says, first, you got to make God personal. You got to call him father. You got to call him daddy. Call him yes. Abba, whatever you want to say. Yeah. But God is personal. He cares about you. Then he says, hallowed be your name. God, you are amazing. You are magnificent. You are special. God, this world is big, but the earth, the space is even bigger. God, how big are you? You are. 
Then he goes on to say, your kingdom come. Right here, it hadn't come yet. But for us, we got to say, your kingdom stay, man. Stay, let me stay in your kingdom. Give us each day a daily bread, communion with each other. But we get to take the bread, take the crackers, take the juice, the blood of Jesus, and we get to take communion together. Yes. He goes on to say, forgive us our sins. This is deep. Because sometimes we don't want to forgive others. Yeah. But Jesus teaches also to be forgiven. You've got to be a forgiver. Then he goes on to say, lead us not into temptation. What's powerful right here, you never see the word I. There's nothing selfish in this prayer. That's right. It's not about me, my, I. It's we. It's us. It's our. Mm. This is praying for each other and with each other. Come on, bro. Love it. Then Jesus says in verse 5, suppose one of you has a friend and he goes to him at midnight and says, friend, lend me three loaves of bread because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have nothing set before him. Then the one answers, don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children are in bed with me. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him the bread because he is his friend, yet because of this man's boldness. What year is it? Boldness. Mm -hmm. He will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks, finds, and to him who knocks, the door will be open. Which of you? Fathers. Any fathers in the room? Come on. Come on. Amen. This is for you right here. Which of you fathers? If your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead. Anybody? I didn't think so. (laughs) Or if he asks for an egg, will you give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, Jesus just had to throw that in there. (laughs) Encourage us, God. Even though you are evil, yet you know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more, oh baby, will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This is amazing. Yes. Not only does Jesus want you to pray, Jesus wants to answer your prayers. Yeah. He genuinely cares what you have to say. He genuinely cares that you have a relationship with him. This is amazing. You know, immediately after uh, Tyler and I had breakfast and sharing the hardships that we had faced as Christians, I dropped them off in front of the parlor's house. I see him go inside. Joel's waving at me. My windows are tinted. I was waving back. I don't know if you saw me. No, I thought you were leaving. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I literally take my car out of park and go in a drive, and I start driving, and I literally just started crying in seconds. I, I just start bawling. 
like that nasty cry, you know, when it's like snot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 No one's watching. Oh, all right. Praise God for the work of Teddy Windows. <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm just bawling it. I couldn't control it. It wasn't like I planned it. I just started crying. Mm. And, and as I was crying, I just kept thinking about all the brothers that I love that aren't really Christians anymore. Mm. All the sisters that I love that, that just decided that God was not enough for them. Mm. They needed to go and get their own car, their own job, their own life. That God's life wasn't sufficient. I was mm. crying. And I drove to my prayer spot. And I just prayed for my fallen brothers. Come on. I just prayed for my fallen sisters. And I just prayed my guts out. And I remember when I was a young Christian. There was this guy that Brian and I met at my college, Fisher in Boston. He was sitting on a bench, arms closed, to himself. Brian was like, man, we got to talk to this guy. We sit down with him. We talk to him. He studies the Bible. He has to spend the entire day with us. Studies the Bible, gets baptized a week later. Now, time goes on where he goes through challenges in his life, from depression, through anxiety, and he was on the brink of leaving God, and I remember having a talk with him. I took him to the, what we would call the Boston Commons, and we prayed at the gardens, and I said, bro, there's a strong possibility that I'm not going to stay faithful. Odds are against me, hmm. because I'm a sinner. And there's a strong possibility that you won't either. But I want to tell you, bro, if God forbid, if I walk away, you keep fighting. Mm. You don't quit. Don't do this for people. Don't do this for me. You do this for God. And we cried together that day. And from that moment on, I started calling him my son. It was kind of weird because he's only like a year younger than me. <laughs> I remember that day when my dad flew in for my graduation and he was just... Like, who is this guy? I'm like, Dad, this is my son that I was telling you about. <laughs> son bigger than you. <laughs> Something ain't right. And I, I just captured this funny moment of them holding each other, smiling, and I cherish that moment so much. Yeah, bro. I think about all the way to this year, he's been a Christian now for four years because he got baptized at my school in my first year. And... He was one of the guys that said, man, I'm going to come to, to be there at your wedding. He finds out what happens in the wedding and that it's canceled, of course. And he's like, well, bro, I'm still coming. <laughs> I hope that's okay with you. I said, bro, that, I, I, I would appreciate that so much. Come on. And he's like, bro. I'm going to be there and I'm going to spoil you. Oh. <laughs> we, we go into the space theater. I'm taking you to the gun range. We're going to go on prayer walks. Nice. Bro, I, I really want to spend some real time with you, bro. I miss Come you on. so much. Yeah. Bro, I miss you too. His name is Tyrell May and he's flying tomorrow. Oh. You know what's real is we don't know who is really going to actually stay faithful. It's a real thought. Deanne, Lori, you guys can name probably hundreds of people that you thought would. And I just want to inspire you that when Jesus says the word ask, 
in the Greek, it's translated as the word beg. Mm. Wow. Come on. Wow. Wow. When Jesus says, ask, and it will be given to you, he's saying, beg. Beg God. Mm -hmm. If if you were that person and, hey, your neighbor's on your way and your neighbor's a complete atheist, but you keep begging your neighbor, begging your neighbor, begging your neighbor, he's going to be like, okay, just take it. (laughs) And then God's like, listen, you're that evil neighbor. And you know how to give good gifts. How much more will God, who loves you, who made you the way you are, cherish you and want to answer your prayers? Come on, Daddy. We got to beg God, brothers and sisters. Come on, bro. Beg Him in your prayers. Yes. Don't stop. Fast. Do whatever you got to do to move God so you can stay with God and so your brothers and sisters can stay with God. You guys with me here? In Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 22 to 24, the Bible teaches that God grants repentance, not you. You don't have that power. It's God's power. You can fight all you want for people. But it's God who is the one who's going to save them or not. That's right. And we've got to move God to move our brothers. We've got to move God to help that weak sister, to help that weak brother, to help that fallen brother, that fallen sister, Mm. or that person who's studying the Bible, or your family member, or someone you've just met. You've got to move God. You guys with me here? Show God how bad you want it. Be desperate for him. Amen. I'm going to call you to greatness. Glory to God comes from begging God. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, we're going to close here. All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. (coughs) The Bible reads in verse 31. So whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Mark 16. Verse 15. Jesus says, go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not will be condemned. This is how you bring glory to God. Come on, and whatever bro. you do, whether it's waking up in the morning, I'm going to give glory to God. Whether you shout, you're going to give glory to God. On the bus, on, and you're sharing your faith to bring glory to God. On the train, to bring glory to God. As you're walking, you're praying. Why? To bring glory to God. You wake up early so you can go to your prayer spot to bring glory to God. You pray for your families because you want to see them bring glory to God. You're sharing your faith at your class and your classmates. Why? Because you want to see them bring glory to God. You're reaching out to people that you meet on the street because you want to see them bring glory to God. You're helping your brothers and sisters at D-Times. Why? Because you want to see them bring glory to God. You're moving God in your prayers so you can bring glory to God. I want to close with this charge. You connect with God. You walk with God. You move God. You will be restored to righteousness. I love you guys. Amen.
my lovely wife, Margarita. Uh, I'm gonna have, uh, we're going to share a couple things that, that stood out to us about the lesson. I'm having multiple person. Cool. Hi, ladies. I just wanted to share what I got out of the lesson. The whole entire lesson was amazing. Um, I like the Psalm, you know, the Psalm 23 is amazing, but I think in verse 3 it says, He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right path for his name's sake. And I was like, the thing that stood out to me the most is sometimes I was like, I think I was like, I want certain paths that God like leads me through, you know, certain hardships or certain, you know, the great, you know, the happy, you know, parts of my life. But I was like, but it says every path, like God leads you through everything, you know. And I think this was just a great reminder just to see like everything that, you know, every path that God leads us through is for his glory. Like it's not like, it's not for our, like, oh, you know, God, you know, for us to have a great job or, you know, have these awesome kids or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, it's like, it's for God's glory. Like yeah. everything yeah. that we are going through, you know, the good, the bad, you know, the ugly, it's for his glory. Yes. So I think yeah. that's what stuck out to me. Yeah, uh, guys, this lesson is going to be on, obviously on YouTube and, and I strongly encourage you to, to go through it. I'm going to listen to it again. Um, but one thing, it seems like the, the common thread of today is, is the, the matters of the heart. You know, yeah. um, one thing that I, I like to ask myself questions when I'm listening to, to, to lessons, and I wrote the question myself is, um, uh, we're called to have soft hearts, um, but what am I doing to, to get from, you know, I'm not a singer, you know, I, I can't, you know, I always joke around, but very seriously, I was asked to song lead one time, and then was never asked again. <laughs> But, you know, when we sing to God, when we're in the, in the crowd, you know, that softens our hearts. You know, when yeah. we're crying out to God, when we're praying to God, that softens our heart. Yeah. And I think there's, there's a reason why Jesus camped out when uh, uh, Daniel was sharing in 11 about um, the importance of prayer. Because that was Jesus' time to really get things off of his chest and just talk to God to make sure that his heart remained soft. Uh, and if Jesus, who went through everything that he went through, um, how much more so us, you know, when uh, compared to Jesus, our little trials are nothing. We need to be making sure that we're crying out to God mm. and having our hearts uh, stay soft. And so um, we're, I, I'm going <coughs> to warn, warn you guys, it would be naive of us to, to leave today and, and with the mindset of I need to, to fit God around my schedule this week. That I need to, okay, I need to, I need to pray to God and everything, but I need to fit it into whatever I'm doing. No, we need to fit um, our schedule around God. We need, yeah. we need to fit our life around our times with God. And so I was really convicted because I haven't been to my prayer spot um, uh, in a while, in part because I found out there are wolves nearby. So it's hard to pray when you're like cutting over your shoulder. Um, but, but seriously, you know, we need to find a spot to cry out to God. And we need to, to fit God, uh, uh, fit our schedule around God. And so I really want to encourage you guys, don't leave this room and, with the mindset of, of trying to fit God into your life this week. Uh, really prioritize your time with God. Prioritize your time in prayer, your time uh, in the fellowship. And go after having a soft heart so that we can glorify God. As yes. Amen. Uh, so let's close on out this great service uh, with the amazing song. Again, this is the time to truly cry out to God and, and sing to God. To, uh, to uh, get some hot sauce on it.